You're listening to the Child Life Cooperative Podcast, a place where child life professionals share their real and honest stories with host and certified child life specialist, Allie Jones. How many of you have received the cold shoulder as a nurse closes the door on you and says, we don't need child life, while the child can be heard screaming on the other side? How many of you have found great relief when you identify that compassionate and child-friendly nurse who soon becomes your child life champion? It seems the relationships between nurses and child life specialists can be on a broad spectrum. Whether caused by territorial behaviors or misconceptions about roles, child life specialists must seek to partner well with nurses. This week, Bridget Wayman, a skilled and passionate pediatric registered nurse, joins us to share her perspective and advice on building bridges within the interdisciplinary team. Here's this week's Honest Story. Hello, Child Life Cooperative community. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another podcast episode. And this week, it's a really special week because it is Nurses Week. And that also means that I have a very special guest who is so appropriate for Nurses Week. Please welcome Nurse Bridget Wayman. Hello, Bridget. Hello, Allie and the rest of Child Life Cooperative. (laughs) (laughs) We're so excited to have you, Bridget, because... I know I I think I may have mentioned this to you in the past, but there's actually a chapter in our child life textbooks about working with nurses and just different staff members in that sense, because sometimes the relationship between child life and nurses can be a delicate one or a great one. And so I'd love to just pick your brain a little bit to hear your real and honest stories about child life and any perspective that you can give. Would you mind sharing a little bit about how long you've been a nurse and what sort of setting you work in? I have been a nurse for seven years now. Um, I have always worked with the pediatric hematology oncology patients, so kids with cancer and blood disorders. Um, I worked inpatient for so on the floor with um, specific hematology oncology units, um, so service-based units for about five of the years. In the last two years, I've been working in the outpatient setting, and I've been working. I've worked at two different facilities for the outpatient setting. One being a rural, larger hospital, and the other being a smaller, more community type hospital. Um, so I kind of have different perspectives with that. But yes, I am kind of specialized with my patient population. Yeah, it's neat to hear about how there is different. Um, aspects that you have seen compared to different facility size and whatnot. And being in pediatrics, then, I would imagine that you've worked with child life for some time. Can you remember the very first time you heard about child life and learned what it was? Uh, I feel like the first time I heard about child life was probably during my peds clinicals, where and we... We had a very short pediatric clinical um, where we were only on the floor, I want to say, for like one day for four weeks. Um, so it was very short, very brief. Um, and I just remember, you know, and I think it's a, a stereotype probably, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like I remember the child life specialist like bringing toys into the kids' rooms. That sounds about right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't know that I fully grasped what they did until I started working or what you guys did Mm -hmm. until I started working and learned to appreciate it more as I've learned more Mm -hmm. about your profession. Mm -hmm. And I think I've told you this before. 
But I think if I had, when I was choosing a major in college and all of that, I knew I wanted to do something in the medical field, didn't know exactly what for a while. Um, And I think if I had known about child life specialists, I think that potentially would have been what I chose instead of nursing. Mm -hmm. Do I regret choosing my profession? No, but I think at that point in time, I potentially would have gone a different path, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's neat that you still found your way to pediatric healthcare, which is really awesome. But it kind of is that vague field in a lot of ways that even now people don't really know about it. And so it's interesting and very understandable to hear you say like, oh, I saw them bringing toys. It's so, that's so common where we're known as like the play people or like the toy person. But you mentioned that you then, once you started working with child life, that you started to have a greater understanding of what the role in the profession is. Do you remember any moments when it was especially helpful for you with a patient that you were working with? One of the first things that I felt like was helpful that, you know, we use sometimes as a tool, but I also saw it, a child life specialist presenting it was like, we have our mannequin chest, which I've always called Chester. Um, maybe that's because a lot of our kids get ports put in place. So it shows it has a flap where the port is put underneath the fake skin to show families like this is what is going in there. This is what it looks like, you know, underneath the skin. This is what it'll feel like type things. So I think the child life specialists were the first ones to kind of introduce that and show the kids even on, you know, chemo duck or on some form of doll, you know, the medical play involved in it prior to the real thing being put into their bodies to make it less scary. I think that was probably one of my first experiences with it to be like, oh, you know, those tools are helpful. Um, You've got to learn how to talk to kids. Because I did it before I became a pediatric nurse. I worked as a nursing assistant on an adult unit for two years. So I remember the first thing. The biggest adjustment for me was learning to talk with kids and how to approach kids differently than you would approach an adult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and now I feel like it's become second nature, but, it, you know, I do remember that being a difficult, and that's where the child life specialists came to play because um, you guys are taught that language that's more understandable where we focus in nursing on more of the medical terms. So trying to meet the kids where they are, mm-hmm. I've, I feel like I've always used my child life specialists for that. Yeah, that's awesome. It's neat to hear about the value that you've seen with the educational pieces and just the simple wording of it as well. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like? have been helpful ways as, as a nurse to learn what child life does and does not do? Has it been through in-services or through first-hand experience? As a nurse, I feel like I've learned best at what child life specialists do and do not through my personal one-on-one interactions with the child life specialists. Um, and I think sometimes it's just helped with, you know, working together with a patient and then coming together afterward to discuss what went well, what didn't go well, you know, what I could do better as a nurse, um, or even prior to, you know, having a plan together to go in to do something. But it's also knowing what your guys' boundaries are with things Mm -hmm. like that, or when, you know, one of the things that I think you are really good at in the moment in 
a room is making sure there's one voice, Mm -hmm. but saying it in a kind way that we all can't be saying something at the same time because that's not, you know, it's going to be overstimulating for everybody Mm -hmm. and for a scared kid that's not the best approach. So, yeah, I just feel like I've learned so much from you just by having our discussions or, you know, being in situations with a kid and how to approach things that I've been able to even take that into my practice as well. Mm -hmm. But I do, I mean, I think it's a partnership more so than anything. Yeah. I'd love to pick your brain a little bit too about those moments when there does need to be some adjusting, whether that be the child life specialist, because I know I've been guilty of this of like, maybe I haven't been supporting the nurse in the best way, or maybe the nurse could adjust something that they're doing to help the patient. But this idea of being a partnership, working together, what are some ways that you feel like delivering that feedback to the child life specialist and vice versa has been helpful? Well, I feel like one of the things that you did that I remember early on us working together was asking questions Mm -hmm. like, you know, why did you do it that way? And in a non-confrontational way, but, you know, maybe there's a misunderstanding of could it be done a different way that could be better or asking the why questions on either end of the situation is always a good way to maybe like maybe you guys don't know why we had to do something a certain Mm -hmm. way. For example, freezy spray with port accesses, right? I was always taught I cannot use freezy spray after I've cleaned my sterile field because the elements in the can aren't sterile. Mm -hmm. So where, where I think other practices did do that. So I remember you asking me like, you know, why can't you do that? And then explaining the why and then it was trying to find a different approach like oh maybe we do lidocaine cream on the port instead or Mm -hmm. you know something else so I think I I just feel like with anything communication is an open communication and non-confrontational and the minute somebody approaches somebody negatively I think their immediate reaction is to almost get defensive Mm -hmm. so if it's more of a conversation of how can we both do this better for the patient I think that's the best way to approach it. Yeah, that's a really good advice of just trying to be reunited and like you all have the same goal, but there it might be different ways of going about doing that. And so learning why did that person choose that way? I know that I mentioned this a little bit too, but that there can be a stigma that nurses and child life specialists don't get along or maybe that they don't always share the same goal. From your own experience working with other nurses that might be talking about child life and their own experiences, why would you say that is? Like, can you see any reasons on why there would be kind of like a potential clashing of these two groups? I feel like in my experience, I've never clashed with my child life specialists, really. I feel like I've always used them as, you know, a team member type person. But I think I did ask one of my other colleagues, you know, like, where do you think this would come from? And she made a good point by saying, you know, I think as a nurse, we are very time focused and task oriented. You know, we have to get this done and, you know, X, Y, Z, and then move to the next thing where she pointed out, like, you guys are more of the slowdown, but it's not in a negative way. I think if... I think sometimes certain nurses focus more on the tasks Mm -hmm. rather than what we can do to make the experience, the whole experience better for the patient, 
which in turn makes their, you know, with our population, we do see the same patients frequently. So the, you know, a work in progress a lot of the time, we're not intervening in short procedures or, you know, one-time things. This is an ongoing, we have to meet them where they are and hopefully progress from there. Um, So I think Mm -hmm. that sometimes nurses may think that, child life specialists get in the way of performing their tasks. I almost feel like, once again, communication, if the nurse is to approach them earlier, knowing that a kid has a procedure or has something going on, being like, hey, this kid is coming in today. Do you think you can make the time to come see them? And then it's on the child life specialist's radar. And, you know, actually one of the things that are the current child life specialist I work with does, and in the clinic setting, we're, we have an access room. So all the kids come to the access room to get their port access before going to see the doctor or before getting their chemo on the other side. So there's two nurses, and she gives them a list of the patients every morning that, you know, she knows she should come in to see. So it put, also puts it on the nurse's radar. So it could be, you know, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And can you tell me any stories that you've had of seeing the effective partnership really play out when you've worked with a patient? Absolutely, I have. Mm -hmm. And I think you will know exactly what I'm talking about with this situation, but Mm -hmm. you and I had a chronic ITP little, (laughs) I want to say he was three when we first started seeing him. Yeah, he was. Um, that he was a thrasher and screamer for his lab draws. He actually, we used a couple different interventions with him, and I can't, say, I can't say we because you did it all. But sometimes I helped set oh, up the totally, animals. We totally but, <laughs> <laughs> but you would set up the animals, lining him to get to the exam room because sometimes initially the problem one of the issues we had was even getting him to the exam room so we found he really liked dinosaurs and animals so he would hunt the animals to get into the room and then once we got in the room it was doing his jobs and he it was around easter time when it when we first developed this but it was opening up surprise easter eggs for each job he completed and you know We discussed the first job is the rubber band. When you get the rubber band on your arm, you get a prize. And then the next job is the cleaning. You know, when when we're done cleaning, you get the prize. And then the next job is taking deep breaths, and you get the prize. And we got to the—it took a while, Mm -hmm. but with him, we went from thrashing and screaming, couldn't get him in the room, having Dad hold him— down basically to the point where he got into the room and stuck his arm out and didn't cry at all and I just felt like you know seeing that progress was one of the coolest things Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and then we had some times where he did regress a little bit after you know an ER not good ER visit or Mm -hmm. but working with him again to build that trust was I mean, that's one of my favorite stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I and I think it's such a great story too, highlighting how you were so comfortable with it taking time and just resting in that. Because I think sometimes if there's not like an immediate reaction of the child coping beautifully that first time, then a lot of times it can be easy to lose hope or thinking that that intervention would help at all. Um, but you were so faithful in, in 
patient with this patient. Yeah, and we we accomplished it together. Yes, we did. That also is one of my favorite experiences too. It's it was really special to to work with you with him. I'm interested too. So I know we talked about some of the misconceptions that staff might have about child life. Um, one of them that I've seen before is that child life specialists can be referred to as quote unquote the fun ones in the hospital, while the nurses are the bad ones who have to poke. So in your mind, what are some ways that child life specialists can help support nurses and partner with them to alleviate this misconception and to promote their own relationships with patients? I think that is a common, it's, it's not necessarily a misconception because sometimes in a way it's kind of true, Mm -hmm. but, and I, I really think that the best thing that the child life specialists can do is just, you know, reinforce that the nurses are also here to help you. Um, I think sometimes the times I have the most difficulty with it, and I feel like the child life specialists really are good about that because, you know, they're not trying to be, you know, the hero, you know, they just want to make these experiences good for the kids too. Um, so they don't want to put down nurses at all. That wouldn't be good for anybody, Mm -hmm. but I do feel, I, I feel like the biggest one is when parents, will say that I think that's frustrating for me it's like you know I, I think sometimes parents get in the you know oh she's gonna come at you like right. with that you know I I really don't like when they do that because mm-hmm. it's like I don't want to be seen as the bad guy I feel like that loses the kids trust in the medical professionals and that's not what anybody's trying to do so I feel like you know you guys hearing those kinds of comments because there are parents that do that and intervening appropriately you know saying that's not healthy that's not going to help your child cope or you know act better it's just going to make them more fearful of the staff members and because they might say it to you and not us Um, I think those are the best things that you guys can do yeah that's a really helpful reminder I'd love to throw a a kind of unique question. It's a segment that we do called, what would she do? Well, I guess normally it's, what would you do? But in this case, what would she do? Where I'm going to give you a brief scenario, and I would love to hear what you advise the child life specialist to do. What do you think about that? Okay. Okay. I I will participate, but... (laughs) I don't know that I'm qualified to tell you what the child life specialist should do. <laughs> Wait, you know, um, from a nursing standpoint, you could give some guidance on what you think would be helpful. I think you totally got this, Bridget. Okay. Okay. So you need to place an IV for a four-year-old patient and have already attempted three times. The patient is screaming, crying, sweating, flailing. You get the picture. Mom is also crying. And now it's time for another nurse to try to place the IV for the fourth time. A child life specialist walks by the room and appears concerned for the patient. What would you recommend she do or he do? And what should the nurse do? I think that, well, first, I think that the child or the nurse should ask the child life specialist to come in and maybe decompress with the child a little bit, you know, prepare them for the next poke because, you know, this is an unfortunate situation and nobody wants to have to poke a kid three times or have their kid poked three times. Mm -hmm. So I think just, you know, once again, pausing, taking that breather, 
giving that kid a minute, you know, they're four years old, they can still sometimes be able to process through it a little bit, maybe using some distraction techniques or depending on what TIV or poke is needed for and how emergent it has to be done, you know. Mm -hmm. I know there's probably some outside factors too, but I think just involving child life because it sounds like they were not involved for the previous pokes. So getting child life involved, talking to mom, working with the kid um, to try and make that fourth attempt a successful one for everybody. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for, for answering, Bridget. I appreciate you going out on a limb. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so we will actually close our time, our very brief but sweet time together with our rapid five segment. So these are um, five brief answers to five different questions. Are you ready for the rapid five? As ready as I'll ever be, okay. Allie. <laughs> okay, Bridget. Number one, what is one child life pet peeve of yours? Like something that child life specialists can do that can drive you really crazy and be as honest as possible. I'm not very rapid at this because I can't think of anything. (laughs) I feel like, all right, right, I'll tell you where my head went right away. And it's not even a fair thing. Okay. But it it is one of those, like you guys always get to be the ones to walk in with the prizes. (laughs) So sometimes I'd like to be that person. (laughs) Sure, girl. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And for any of our child life specialists that are listening, you hand that prize to the nurse to give. I love that. Number two, what is one of the top reasons you call child life on a daily basis port accesses nice makes sense given where you work as well number three oh yes all the things number three what is one fun fact about you i auditioned for the cha-cha slide music video what are you kidding me i did (laughs) i didn't make it oh man I love that. Well, way to go for it. That's awesome. Number four, what is one way a child life specialist can encourage their nurses today or this week? I think that just having those one-on-one conversations, get to know your nurses, get to, you know, talk about what child life does to your nurses. I feel like sometimes, yeah, they might not understand. um, And maybe they are also nervous to reach out or don't have the time. So, you know, approach them ask them what you can help with um, and how you guys can work together. I think that is the theme to my discussion today. Mm-hmm, I <laughs> love it. Get to know your nurses. Nurses get to know your child life specialists so you guys can make a good team. Amen. Amen, Bridget. That's words of wisdom. And number five, Bridget, what makes working at a hospital so worth it to you? I think those individual connections with the kids that you get to make, I love within boundaries. I love making, getting to see those kids and them, you know, getting better or, you know, coping better with what they've been going through. Sometimes I get to see them from diagnosis to the very end and just how they've grown and progressed and, you know, have become these different beings through these unfortunate circumstances. So I think working with kids is just the biggest reward. Mm, They're just so resilient and awesome. 
Yeah, that is so true. I love that that's something that you care about really seeing too. That's really Uh special. Well, Bridget, on behalf of the child life specialists around the world, I want to thank you so much for being a nurse, truly, and for the sacrifice that you give each day and how we see that it is such a very full job with a lot of responsibilities and a lot of time-sensitive things, but we're so grateful for people like you who do care about treating patients like children and like teenagers, and um, we just are so grateful for nurses, and happy Nurses Week to you. Thank you, and thank you all for all that you do as well, and helping us do our job appropriately. Well, it is a joy to partner with you guys, and I love that you use that word too. Um, So thank you so much, Bridget, for your time today. Thank you to our listeners for listening. Make sure to follow Bridget's awesome suggestions. Go make friends with your nurses. Tell them how awesome they are. And I also encourage us all to continue to lean into the mission of the Child Life Cooperative by learning through reflection, uniting for support, and equipping students. Thank you all so much. And until next time.